Welcome investors to the Absolute Return Podcast, your source for stock market analysis, global macro musings, and hedge fund investment strategies. Your hosts, Julian Klamotko and Michael Kesslering, aim to bring you the knowledge and analysis you need to become a more intelligent and wealthier investor. This episode is brought to you by Accelerate Financial Technologies. Accelerate, because performance matters. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. Welcome, folks, to the Absolute Return Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Klamachko. I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Kesslering. And on today's show, we welcome special guest, Charlie Jardine, founder and CEO of EO Charging. Now, EO Charging is a leading provider of technology-enabled turnkey solutions for electric vehicle fleets. On the podcast, Charlie discusses his entrepreneurial journey and the idea behind EO Charging, EO's business model, customers, and unit economics, key differences between EO and its competitors, insights into its growth plan as a public company, and more. Point of disclosure, the Accelerate Arbitrage Fund ETF is long first reserve sustainable growth shares and warrants, which is the SPAC merger partner of EO Charging. So with no further ado, here's our podcast with EO Charging's Charlie Jardine. All right, we have Charlie from EO Charging from across the pond. He's coming at us live from London, UK. So thanks for making time for us today to talk about EO Charging, which, by the way, if you don't know, we just found out stands for Electricity Online, EO. But uh, before we get into the company, Charlie, I'm always interested in founders' entrepreneurial journeys. Can you tell us where the idea for EO Charging came from? and how it developed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, firstly, thanks for having me, Julian. Yeah, we started EO in 2014. Uh, I used to work for a charging company called Podpoint, which is a a UK-based charge point operator. So I left university, went to go and work for them, and learned a bit about EVs and, and a bit about charging. But after 18 months, got to the point where I desperately wanted to work myself um so so left left with a, a kind of vision to start a business and by 20 mid 2015 june agreed to start eo charging in its current format we started in a pig shed uh i moved back to my parents house and we my grand grandfather gave, gave me one of his old pig sheds and converted it into a state-of-the-art factory Nice. Um, and we started building our first charging station and, and started building some of the software. So that was that was 2015, and then we launched in, in 2016, and it's just uh, yeah, it's it's grown from there. So to get up and start and have your state of the art pig shed, I assume that took some capital. How was raising initial capital for this new venture that you started back in 2014, 2015? Yeah, I mean we uh, yeah, we went. To family and friends firstly so of course that is the maybe the easiest way to start i think you know i had a few different ideas before and and did a number of external in, investor pitches but actually eo it's got a you know, really compelling business model and managed to convince my my family uh to to put some money into the business and then uh friends uh shortly after so that that was that was, I'd say, uh, relatively easy and quite friendly. We've we've since done a private equity raise back in two thousand eighteen, 
So the business has got to a point where it's you know, showing real promise, but needed a bit of uh, capital to to really push forward. And and so yeah, we we did uh, as as you know, a number of people here will uh, uh, feel. You know, we went through a a, a process, and yeah, you know, it takes time. But we 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 got there, and actually, um, yeah, we've 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 been partnered with that private equity house house since then, and and it's gone well. It's always great. Well, and seems to be going really well with the recently announced going public transaction, which I want to touch on in a bit. But prior to getting into that, I'm more on the background of EO charging. So you start 2014, 2015, you have this pig shed, you build the first unit, and then it was seemingly on a rocket ship from there. How has the company evolved since its founding in 2014? And you know, what business model did you ultimately settle on? Yeah. Well, we had a we had a, a focus on fleet from inception. Yeah, again, I, I used to work for another charging company, so my my experience was, look, there's an opportunity here. Uh, EVs are only going one way, and back in 2015, there were barely any electric vehicles on the road. Certainly not, no uh, vans or trucks in any volume. But we came, you know, to an opportunity to 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 build chargers. Uh, design the hardware, manufacture the hardware, uh, and 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 saw that actually a lot of the competition were focused on public charging. Right. Uh, the old chicken and egg argument: you need the infrastructure before the vehicles arrive. Well, uh, a lot of companies are focused on public charging, and then equally on the flip side of that, a number of companies were focused on home charging. So, of course, every time an EV is sold, there's a requirement for a charging station. And because the market uh, historically has been driven by car sales, actually, there's, there's, there's been a big opportunity for selling home charging stations. Now, EO does do a bit of home charging, but the middle bit is where we're focused. And, and that is what we call fleet. Uh, fleet to us means charging vans, trucks and buses and depots but also cars and vans on the driveways of employees. And so, again, back back in kind of 2015, uh, 2016, when we launched, we, we, we really put a, a massive focus on fleet. And it was probably uh, end of 2016, we signed up a, uh, a customer called Addison Lee, who operates a number of taxis and delivery vehicles in, in London and actually across the world. Um, and then, I guess... 2017, we won a, a big deal, or at the time it was a big deal, with a company called Newt Cargo, which is now owned by Menzies Distribution, who had the largest electric van fleet in the country, totaling 100 electric vans, all trying to recharge in, in one site in London. And, and, and we won that deal. And, and really, that gave us a, a big opportunity to start building out uh, the software uh, and some of the other technology, and and of course, learning from a, a fleet of that size, yeah, we 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 saw what was the depot of the future, and uh, and worked really closely with that customer to to continue to develop our products and software, and so again, yeah, that that was yeah market leading at the time. Uh, of course, the market's moved on away since then, and 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 yeah, really, it was March 2020 when. Uh, Amazon announced this as their partner, uh, and that deal has, of course, evolved into something that's actually very, very significant for us. Oh, I bet. And so, say an investor is new to the EO charging story, how would you describe 
EO's business model. We are a turnkey solutions provider for electric vehicle fleets. What does that mean? That means we are a one-stop shop. So we provide the hardware. We install the charging stations in depots or uh, on the driveways of employees, so at their homes. So we do hardware, install. If you're thinking about depots, yeah, we might be charging 200 electric vans in the same location at roughly the same time. No, no building uh, was designed to do that, uh, at least not, not kind of retrofitted uh, buildings, but new, new buildings maybe. But um, that often means you need a, a, a new grid connection. So we're doing the installation and potentially the, the grid upgrade. And then we're commissioning the equipment onto our software platform the client is then using our software platform to, to monitor and manage their vehicle charging. And then we're maintaining and supporting the equipment because with a fleet, this infrastructure is now mission critical. If it doesn't work, you can't go and deliver people or parcels or food or other things. And so it's, it's super important that the equipment just works. And so what we've done is we've evolved our business from you know hardware and software into this turnkey solutions provider. And as a fleet like Amazon or DHL or Go Ahead, which is London's largest bus operator, you come to us because your biggest problem is uh, finding the vehicles and, and making your, what was a petrol diesel uh, fleet now operate with EVs, big challenge. But the second biggest challenge is the infrastructure. So, so how do I charge these things? And of course, you know, big power supplies is a concern. It's also a very costly exercise to electrify a number of sites. So um, you need someone that you can trust. And then, and ultimately, you know, your biggest piece of anxiety is, again, you know, are my vehicles going to be charged ready for service tomorrow? And so you need a partner to ensure, yeah, your mission critical, critical infrastructure is, is maintained and supported uh, effectively and and that's what EO, EO does and we we do it across a number of countries across the world. You mentioned a number of customers including Amazon, DHL, go ahead. I wanted to touch specifically on this Amazon deal just to give a sense of exactly what you guys do. Can you describe the partnership that you have and how it works? Yeah, so we we currently operate nearing 3,500 charging stations across six countries located in Amazon depots in Europe, uh, that's UK, Ireland, Germany, France, Italy, Spain. There'll be about 5,000 by the end of the year. So it's, it's growing pretty quickly. But again, if you can imagine these vehicles, these, these vans uh, are now being transitioned to electric, uh, Amazon Prime delivery vehicles, they go and deliver parcels during the day. They come back to a depot at night and the drivers plug in and then they walk off and go home. So, so we are supplying the, the charges that they're plugging into. In, in some instances, we're installing the charging stations. We're bringing in new grid connections to those depots. But then Amazon operationally are using the software to monitor their vehicle charging. So we've integrated with the vehicle's telematics. So you can see exactly which vehicle is plugged into which charging station, the state of charge of its battery. Um, again, you can see whether it's charging and it's going to be ready by the morning or you can see if there's an issue which of course we're then uh, going to maintain and support the equipment 
to ensure that if there is an issue, it's it's fixed. So the vehicle can go out tomorrow. So so to answer your question, we're kind of doing that one stop shop. Um, but what is yeah the the, the deal for us is very much uh, it's, we're their exclusive software and service partner across those six countries. Um, and and as well as the software piece I just described, we can dispatch one of our engineers to any of their 55 depots within 90 minutes. So if there, again, if there's an issue, we'll try and diagnose and fix it remotely. But if we can't, we'll dispatch an engineer to site to get the equipment working again. And now a word from our sponsor, Accelerate, one of Canada's most innovative and fastest growing alternative investment solution providers with a suite of institutional caliber alternative ETFs for investors seeking diversification and long-term performance. The Accelerate Arbitrage Fund, symbol ARB on the TSX, is the world's first SPAC-focused ETF with a diversified portfolio of SPAC and merger arbitrage opportunities in an easy-to-use, low-cost ETF. The Accelerate Arbitrage Fund ETF trades under the symbol ARB on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. Moving a little bit to the to financials, can you talk a little bit about the unit economics of, of the business and as well on the revenue side, the contracts that you're signing with your with your clients for the reoccurring revenue as well? Yeah. I mean, if you, if you look at a... Uh, typical fleet customer, you have you know, vans, trucks, and buses. So the majority of charging in a depot is is level two, level two AC. Uh, of course, when you're talking about bigger vehicles, trucks, particular buses, actually, you've got big vehicles, big batteries, and often actually with buses, vehicles that do 24-hour shifts, so they only get to stop for you know, a few minutes during the day and 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 for those bigger vehicles yeah dc charging level three fast charging is is absolutely uh, commonplace um if i if i break it down it's kind of 90 to 95 percent level two and then five percent level three on the level two side you can think of a unit over a five-year period being valued at around ten thousand dollars that that consists of upfront revenue from the hardware, the installation, and project management. That's about $7,000. Uh, and then you've got the software and service component, which over five years is about $3,000. Uh, $3, sorry. So that's kind of the breakdown. So yeah, 70 30. Um, and of course, the software and service component is paid annually uh, over, over those five years. And, and if you think about you know, our business, of course, you get these massive capex cycles you know, these fleets are electrifying over the next 5 10 15 years which means you've got a significant amount of infrastructure being needed so you get big capex projects but the really exciting bit and the, the i guess the more valuable piece is is getting these fleets using our software and service and and that provides us with long term security with con- with long longer contracts um and yeah and of course re- reoccurring revenue um, and, and the nice thing about the software is yeah, we're integrating it into the operations of these fleets, again, linking in with things like telematics and vehicle scheduling software, even their internal security systems. And that just provides us with actually you know, a real opportunity to get sticky revenues. 
I wanted to drill down on that because going through your investor presentation, the first thing that I think of when I think about EV charging and, and these stations and that whole business of building out infrastructure is the capital intensity of that type of business model. But going through your investor presentation, you describe the business model as asset light and you described the software function, the software portion of the business model. Could you describe the asset light nature of the business model? Yeah. So if you think about our, our turnkey solution, yeah, whilst we, we design and manufacture the hardware, but we, we don't manufacture all of it in-house. So yeah, as, as this market grows and, and, and matures, of course, the volumes of charging stations increases. There's a uh, you know, theory that of course, it commoditizes over time. And actually, there'll be you know, companies, uh, contract manufacturers that will, will make these charging stations uh, you know, quicker and, and, and cheaper. And so whilst we design our own hardware, we do contract manufacture part of the products out to, uh, to third parties. So um, we design the hardware. We, we design and develop in-house the software. On the servicing side, you know, you've got uh, in in-house design team, so we design uh, the electrical designs at a depot. We then project manage subcontract installers, subcontract maintenance providers, subcontract SLA providers. So these are third parties that we're kind of plugging into our system and managing. So so we don't have our own electricians in each of the six countries that we service. Amazon, for example. We have local contractors who we've trained up, but they are again third parties. So, to your sort of asset light point, yeah, we we are, I guess, uh, yeah, providing that one stop shop, but yeah, managing third parties to ensure the people on our end are yeah are, are, are pretty small. Um, so when we come to trying to scale up our operations across multiple territories, yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, uh, it's, it's easier to do. And now a word from our sponsor, Accelerate. Do you want to diversify your investment portfolio while benefiting the planet? The Accelerate Carbon Negative Bitcoin ETF, symbol ABTC on the Toronto Stock Exchange, provides investors with exposure to Bitcoin while protecting the environment. Accelerate implements a global tree planting campaign to sequester carbon emissions and help fight climate change. Up to 10% of ABTC's 69 basis point management fee will be allocated to Accelerate's annual tree planting campaign. For each $1,000 invested in ABTC, an estimated one net ton of carbon dioxide is expected to be sequestered each year. Buy Bitcoin, save the planet. Find out more at investabtc.com. Something else that you mentioned was the stickiness of the of the revenues that you have. Could, are you able to disclose what you're seeing in terms of customer churn? Yeah, I mean, with with a fleet customer, like yeah, you have to do a bad job to to be to be asked to not continue. So, so the short answer is yeah, we're, we're not seeing customer churn. Like once you get the software into the business, uh, and assuming you're working with your customers as if they're partners and doing integrations yeah again i I keep saying it but telematics each fleet uh, has different telematics providers the security uh, so yeah companies like amazon have lots of people obviously they want to access 
the platform and there's got to be an efficient way to do that you know again vehicle scheduling software and driver apps these these are just examples of things you could integrate with but what that's doing is it's making the the platform for the customer really easy to use you've got you know strategists who would like to see the world in a certain way but actually when you're operating a depot and your job is to get a parcel from location a to location b i just need this thing to work so by doing integrations you make it really easy to use and and that again it just buys buys stickiness because integrations take time it means commitments from both sides us and the customer and and yeah that customers they want to do that with everyone so so I, I think to answer your question, you know, we're, we're seeing opportunities where we've got three-year contracts for software and service, you know, five years. And, and in bus, you're looking at potentially 14-year contracts with operators. So you recently announced a going public transaction merging with First Reserve Sustainable Growth. Huge step for the company, obviously. So congrats on that. I was wondering, what do you hope to accomplish by becoming a public company? Yeah, I think... Uh, you know, it's a very exciting time for anyone in the electric vehicle space and the market's coming at us. So we, we looked at a few st- strategic options. Ultimately, you know, it's a, it's a race. Uh, EO's got a, a market-leading position here in Europe for fleet. We need to take advantage of that. Uh, and, and of course, that requires capital. Now, whether it's a SPAC or an IPO, of course, what a successful IPO brings is is access to capital. EO wants to build a global or the global leader in uh, EV fleet charging, and of course, you know, partnering with a a first reserve not only gives us the capital we need, but also the experience. Uh, so FRSG, of course, it's uh, uh, led by first reserve. Yeah, they've been in business for near near forty years. They've done over twenty IPOs, and so their team bring great experience that will help us scale not only in Europe, but also open up new territories like the US and Australasia. So you have big expansion plans once this deal closes. And this EV charging market is obviously growing like crazy. What can investors expect over the next decade from EO charging? Like, what is your major growth plan? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, again, to your point, the, the opportunity is, is super exciting. We're at the start of a, uh, a serious macro trend. Uh, you've got governments leading the way, whether it's here in Europe or, or actually more recently in, in the US. So, so again, to answer your question, we're, we're at the start of our journey. The fleet market is, is taking off. Lots of vans are being sold. Trucks are coming. Buses are happening right now. Governments are forcing operators to electrify or de- decarbonize. So we, we are focused on building the team, opening up new territories, building a more meaningful presence in Europe, opening up offices in certain countries in Europe, and then also following our customers into places like the US. If you look at our customers, you've got a nice blend of global accounts and, and to one of our early, earlier points, the software is, is actually what can be put at the heart of these businesses' operations. And, and that means that EO has a, a massive opportunity to follow its customers out of Europe, into the US, into places like Australasia. And 
And again, there's a lot of work to do. And, and so I think, you know, 10 years time, we might be hopefully over halfway through transitioning the global fleet to electric, uh, maybe even further. But um, yeah, we've got, got a, it's a marathon and a sprint. Was the rationale to, to list in the U.S. really a function of following your customers there? Or was it driven by the fact that um, many of the com- your competitors are listed in the U.S.? What, what was driving that uh, originally? Yeah, I mean, you know, go- going public is something that EO was really keen on doing. Getting to market quickly was important. And, of course, a SPAC allows that to happen. SPACs currently aren't allowed in the in the UK, so um, it was really just a function of yeah we want access to capital, uh, we want to move quickly, and actually finding a partner like FRSG uh, was 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 a really good opportunity for us, and 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 that's why. So until in terms of telling your story to investors, EO charging, electric vehicle charging, there's quite a few other EV charging companies that have recently gone public or are in the process of going public, how do you differentiate aside from the focus on fleets? Uh, are there any other key aspects of the story that investors should know? Yeah, I guess it, it goes back to I guess the first question you asked around where, where did we come from? The, the charging companies you're seeing now, SPAC or DSPAC, they are mostly focused on public charging or at least they have been focused on public charging. They, they've built business models and businesses and technology to focus on that, on that area. And, and that's not something that EA has ever done. So yeah, we've built this business from the ground up to focus on fleets, which means we've got this market-leading position. Amazon is the largest electric van and truck electrification program in history, and EO's won, won that position and, and, and become their partner. And so, you know, Whilst, again, we talk about uh, a massive focus on fleet or an, an exclusive focus on fleet, which is you know, something different. Actually, it comes down to the one-stop shop, providing a, a one-stop, one-stop solution for these fleets. You know, they, they, they come to us and we do everything. You know, we, we, we ensure their vehicles charge reliably and, and you know, we even sign up to penalties. So when we don't charge the vehicles, uh, then of course we we find ourselves because we're so confident in our service. So so that's really important. And then of course what actually holds it all together is is the software and service piece, um, and 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 that platform that integrates with these fleets operations. So you've been on quite the journey over the past seven years, from founding and humble beginnings to now on the well, going to be uh, have your SPAC merger deal closed uh, this quarter as expected. Q4. So with that in mind, as a founder, what have been some keys to success? Uh, well, I don't know. We're, we're, we're just getting started. So but I think it's pretty, pretty cliche, but just perseverance. Right. It's uh, in 2015, there was no EV market and you just have to keep going. We, we, we've, yeah, we've found ourselves in a really great position. Again, we've got a market that's coming at us now, and we are right at the forefront of that. So, it just just keep going um, and and stay focused because you know fleet was not the biggest part of the market when we started. However, today you look at fleet and you actually probably say 
it's probably the most exciting part of the market. It's, it will be the biggest part of the market. The business model actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, in fact, it's it's super compelling. Uh, and and when you compare EO as a, a business relative to our peers, yeah, clearly the, the business model is is super exciting. So yeah, with all of that, again, uh, perseverance to 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 uh, to yeah to stay focused and keep going. There you have it, perseverance. That's great advice for entrepreneurs or people considering starting their own company. And for EO charging, super cool story started from humble beginnings seven years ago uh, in London, now merging with FRSG in a going public SPAC deal. Once that closes, as expected in Q4, it'll be trading under the symbol EOC. So Charlie, thank you for coming on the show today. Really excited to hear your story. And there's a lot going on, a lot to digest here, but um, wish you the best of success in the future. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, thanks. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Absolute Return Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Accelerate Financial Technologies. Accelerate, because performance matters. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. The views expressed in this podcast are the personal views of the participants and do not reflect the views of Accelerate. No aspect of this podcast constitutes investment, legal, or tax advice. Opinions expressed in this podcast should not be viewed as a recommendation or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any securities or investment strategies. The information and opinions in this podcast are based on current market conditions and may fluctuate and change in the future. No representation or warranty, expressed or implied, is made on behalf of Accelerate. As to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in this podcast. Accelerate does not accept any liability for any direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage suffered by any person as a result of relying on all or any part of this podcast, and any liability is expressly disclaimed.